0: For an individual to buy a company for $44 billion, and then before the paint is dry, has flushed the equity and half of the debt value, is totally unprecedented.
1: Welcome to the Powers That Be Daily, Puck's podcast focused on the intersection of Wall Street, Washington, Silicon Valley, and Hollywood, and the players who run it all. I'm Ben Landy. It's Tuesday, December 20th. Today, Bill Cohan joins me for a rollicking discussion about Elon Musk's latest self-destructive face-planting at Twitter. Is the company actually unraveling, or is there still time for Elon to hand off control to a new CEO? We'll hear about all that and more on today's episode of The Powers That Be.
2: .me/powers because you're not just investing in better sleep you're creating a better life.
1: Welcome back to the Powers that Be. I'm Ben Landy, filling in for Peter Hamby. And I'm here with Bill Cohen. Hey Bill. Hey Ben. It's great to be here. Bill, you had made a prediction a while back that if and when Elon took over Twitter, uh, which he of course went on to do, that if he brought Donald Trump back to the platform, It would eventually become this sort of inhospitable hellscape that would be so dominated by hate speech and arguing and nonsense that sane people would flee the platform you were not correct that donald trump would return to the platform he he was um reinstated but has not actually started tweeting again but you were correct in how quickly the platform has become basically unusable not just from like a technical perspective but the rapid rapid shift in the tone of the site, the type of people who are dominating conversation, and the number of people who are genuinely fleeing the platform for uh, for alternatives. I mean, it really has been an astoundingly quick
0: shift. I've been trying to figure out myself whether things have changed. It's really hard for me to tell, aside from a really new group of sort of annoying advertising. Now, I can't even figure out you know what the news is on Twitter anymore. So As you know, Ben, I've been, uh, you know, much more focused on sort of the operational and financial disaster that is Twitter. And just for an individual to buy a company for $44 billion, and then before the paint is dry, has basically flushed the equity and half of the debt value. I mean, it's totally unprecedented. That just never happens on Wall Street because usually people who buy other companies want to make them successful they have like financial stakes at risk they have a lot of money at risk they want to do everything they can to make the investment pay off i've never seen anything like this where he seems totally indifferent to the you know the financial consequences of his actions and the other 18 or so investors who put up the 7 billion seem to be totally indifferent, too. I mean, I've just never seen anything like it. And the banks who ha- are sitting on a loss of half of the $13 billion that they've put up are sitting there quietly as well. Now, obviously, there must be some major churning going on behind the scenes that we haven't heard about yet. But I mean, I've literally seen nothing like this. And I've been, you know, involved in Wall Street uh, since, you know, 1987. Well, we'll get into
1: all that, including everything that's happening with the banks. But just to catch listeners up to speed in terms of developments over just the last couple days or so, Musk suspended the accounts of a dozen or so prominent journalists, including journalists at The New York Times, The Post, uh, even Fox News. This was allegedly because they were imperiling his family by reporting on or even just sort of elliptically mentioning the existence of this account called Elon Jet, where some some college student basically was pulling in public data on um, where Elon's private jet was. This is information that is um, publicly available from the government. In most of those cases, those journalists, of course, were people who had criticized Musk, and it definitely felt like this was a thinly veiled excuse for him to just boot them off the platform. I mean, this is really incredible when you consider that, like, A major reason Elon Musk said he wanted to buy this platform originally was his stated commitment to free speech. And then Elon follows that up not just by banning those accounts, but banning accounts that link to Mastodon. This is a competitor social network where Elon Jet was still hosted. Um, He stopped people from mentioning or linking to Mastodon. And then over the weekend, followed this up with another, uh, you know, seat of his pants policy to ban links to all other social media platforms. He eventually rescinded that policy, but not before driving a lot of people off, including some of his closest fans and allies, Silicon Valley guys who have worshipped the guy forever and are now starting to recognize, well, maybe Elon's not a business genius after all. Bill, my question for you is, like, who is going to step in to impose any kind of sanity or governance here? I mean, there's no board. Whose job is it to get this guy in line?
0: You didn't mention the poll that he did that should I be replaced as CEO that poll came back as saying, uh, oh, yeah, Elon, we do think you should be replaced as CEO. And then he responded with things like, well, you'll never find another CEO. I'm I'm not replaceable because there are so many problems here that you'll never find anybody to take this job. I don't know whether he's going to replace himself as CEO. Look, I mean, again, he owns whatever, 78 percent of the company. There's no board. He is the CEO. He can do what he wants, I guess. I mean, it's, you know, one of the things about democratic capitalism. He can do what he wants, and it'll result in him destroying the value of the money he put in and that of his equity investors and that of the banks that lent him money. I mean, all that can happen. Twitter, the company, can survive all that, either you know, under new ownership or in a different configuration. If the banks, say, were to take control of the company at some point and install a real CEO, there's obviously somebody out there who can really make this g- go and create value, because now so much value has been destroyed that it wouldn't take much for some value to be created. But, you know, Ben, if it disappeared, it wouldn't be be the end of the world either. I mean, the world survived just fine for a very, very long time without Twitter. Yes, it has some usefulness, and it was a place to go where you could quickly find out what was going on, and you could build a following, Uh, you know. I mean, again, if you had anything over like a million followers, I mean, that would be an extraordinary army that you could command, let alone like Elon, 120 million followers. Uh, so there's something to be said f- for that. But we also thought, you know, MySpace was the be all and end all of, of of social media once upon a time. And it obviously wasn't. So things get destroyed all the time and a new entrants come in to replace them. That we think you know don't have a chance to survive, let alone thrive, and yet, yet they do. We can obviously get over Twitter disappearing. To me, it's uh, just—I mean, just as a pure former M&A practitioner—to uh, watch this d- destruction of value so quickly uh, without anybody making a peep. Usually, at this point in the destruction cycle. There's a lot of noise. I mean, you just see, like, you know, in the FTX bankruptcy, all the noise being made about the destruction of value and who's been hurt and what are we going to do? How do we get our money back? And the new CEO saying this is, the, you know, the most poorly managed company I've ever seen in my life. Twitter, aside from the people who've been fired and whose severance he did not honor, which is despicable. You know, I'm really surprised at the other equity investors, the banks, they're pretty quiet. Bill, I mean, you mentioned like historical parallels, and
1: you are a historian of Wall Street, among other things. You mentioned uh, MySpace, obviously that was a tech company that was big for a moment, and it sort of faded away to be replaced by Facebook. Is there any true historical parallel to what we're seeing here? Have we ever seen a company just be bought wholesale by one person and then driven into the ground so quickly?
0: That's what I'm really scratching my head over, Ben. I mean, there's obviously frauds that have occurred, and that results in, uh, you know, a very rapid meltdown, whether Madoff or FTX or Enron or WorldCom or Delphia or, you know, any of those big time scandals. There was long term capital management, the hedge fund that went up in smoke. I mean, and then there have been other companies, of course, many that I worked on as a banker, whether it was Revco or Federated. Uh, Allied Federated, the you know the parent company of Bloomingdale's and Brooks Brothers, that got taken private in a leveraged buyout, and too much debt was put on them. But those were slow deaths, you know. Those were slow deaths that took you know years, and that was deaths with people trying their hardest to make them a success. As I said, you know, normally the people who put equity into these things or the banks that provide the financing care a lot about trying to make these things work. Here's an example where this group of people put in $31 billion of equity, 24 of which came from one guy, Elon Musk. The 7 billion others came from a bunch of 18 others of his friends. And nobody seems to care whether it goes down the tubes. The banks put in $13 billion. You know behind the scenes they're seething. But they're not saying anything either. They haven't been able to sell their debt. Normally, they'd syndicate that off in a nanosecond once the deal closed. They're going to have to take a write down. It's probably going to be 50 cents on the dollar. And then they're going to probably want to sell it off. And if they sell it into the hands of some real vulture investors, which is, of course, is where it is uh, right now, then all hell is going to break loose for Elon. You know, he thinks he's got it tough now. Talk about people making noise and not making noise. If this debt gets sold into the hands of vulture investors, Elon is never going to hear the end of it and he's going to lose control of the company. That's why I keep saying the smartest thing for him to do is to buy the debt from the banks and to, you know, make that not an option. But of course, he hasn't done that. The only thing he's done is this incredible thing where his right-hand guy is trying to raise more equity at the original investment price. Hey, guys, I got news for you. There is no original equity price anymore. That equity is gone. It's a zero. So no one in their right mind is gonna pay $54.20 again for the equity of this company. Again, I've never seen anything like this, Ben. This is unprecedented. That's why it's such a great story. That's why we end up having to keep talking about it. Believe me, I hate it. All right, when we come back, Elon
1: Musk is apparently seeking new investors for Twitter and possibly a new CEO. Is he moving in the right direction and saving the company or just previewing how it finally falls apart?
2: Hey, Powers That Be listeners, I'm here to tell you that there's no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy.
1: So Bill, Semaphore reported the other day that Elon Musk is actually seeking new investors at the original price of $54.20, which is sort of absurd and hard to believe. And Bill, I'm wondering if you think that the investors that Elon is reaching out to now are just ideological allies who want to get in on this particular project, or if there is any kind of financial logic to actually buying in with equity at $54.20 a share.
0: Uh, no, no, Ben, there's no, there's no logic in anybody paying $50, $54.20. Since of share. There's there's no logic for anybody paying anything for the equity of this company at the moment, except maybe if some sort of option could be constructed based on paying a very, very tiny amount up front with an expected payoff of some huge amount if the company actually ends up getting turned around and there's some value there. You know, Semaphore may have reported that, but uh, there's no one who's stepping up and saying, oh, me, me, uh, I want to invest at 5420. It's just one of the stupidest ideas I've ever heard. Anybody who wants to own this company for whatever absurd reason, and I don't know who any of those people would be anymore, even if there were any to begin with, you'll notice that back in April, the only person who wanted to buy the company was Elon Musk, when the bankers uh, for the Twitter shopped the company, nobody came forward. So certainly, no one came forward to top fifty-four twenty. There's going to be no one now. If anybody did think about wanting to buy the company, and and the only ones who would, I would think, would be you know the vulture investor types who could think about buying the debt at some vast discount to par, you know fifty cents on the dollar, forty cents on the dollar, and then bring in a real CEO, and then try to run this company as a real company uh, might be run, I think that that could actually be pretty attractive. You know, if you got rid of Elon and all of his pathetic behavior and then brought in, you know, a Dick Costello again, or you know, Bob Iger maybe, you know, the usual geniuses who run corporate America and actually ran it like a media company and ran it with some subtlety and savvy, I think actually you could you know, bring people back to it and resurrect it. I mean, we're getting to a point where it might be beyond hope, but I think if you did that soon enough, you could actually create a lot of value here and it would be worth something again. Other than that, uh, no one's going to buy in at fifty four twenty. No one's going to buy the debt at 100 cents on the dollar. I mean, this company is going down the tubes. It probably will file for bankruptcy, which is one of the things that Elon keeps talking about. I mean, he's obviously got till... April, he doesn't have to make an interest payment till April, and then he's got to come up with something like $600 million. Well, and say he did decide to step down and, and bring in a better full-time CEO
1: to run this company. Who is going to want that job? Elon tweeted the other day that um, no one who wants this job can actually keep Twitter alive. There's no successor. That's got a sting for his buddies like Jason Calacanis and some of these other guys who have been raising their hand and shouting like, me, me, me for a while. But like, He's right. What talented, smart, self-respecting person is going to take a job where they have to report to Elon Musk? You know, it's like agreeing to be Donald Trump's vice president. You're just going to spend all of your time apologizing for and justifying this maniac who actually owns the company.
0: And yet there was somebody who agreed to serve as Donald Trump's vice (laughs) president. Well, that's true. It all comes down to money. If you offer somebody enough money to take that job, they'll probably say, what the hell? I mean, assuming they don't have anything else to do uh, of note. Uh, There are plenty of uh, ex-CEOs out there. I'm sure if you, you know, offered them enough money, they would want to do it. Then your life truly will be miserable because he's not going to go anywhere. He's still 78% shareholder. Now, if you could somehow work for the creditors who own the company, that might be a lot more interesting. That's a job even I would consider taking, Ben. Do
1: you have a candidate in mind who would want to work for Twitter if it was, owned by uh, Oak Tree Capital or the like?
0: Oh, I think a a lot of people would because they would have paid, you know, whatever, 40 or 50 cents on the dollar. And it would be, you know, heavily equity incented compensation towards, you know, just bringing the damn thing back to normal. If you were to buy this at 40 or 50 cents on the dollar, just, you know, 50 cents on the dollar for the debt, that's a six and a half billion dollar purchase price versus the $44 that Elon paid, okay? If you could get the EBITDA back to a billion dollars, which, you know, theoretically it was, then you're talking about six times EBITDA that you paid as opposed to the 44 times EBITDA that Elon paid. If you can do that, and I don't know that it would be that hard to get people just to restore normalcy to this thing, then you're going to create a lot of equity value and you're going to get really rich. So somebody... Would be happy to do that, absolutely. But only if you're working for Apollo slash Oak Tree. It
1: seems like the only other point of leverage to pull this company out of Elon's hands might come from the Tesla side, right? I mean, that that is a publicly traded company. There is a board, even if it is in Elon's pocket. And he's also presumably going to be facing shareholder lawsuits if they haven't already been filed, that he's barely paying attention to this thing, that he's become negligent while he's spending all of his time at Twitter. And that his ownership of Twitter, which is uh, looks like it's forcing him to liquidate a lot of his Tesla holdings, presumably in order to fund the, uh, the outstanding debt payments, which are coming up, is driving
0: down the Tesla stock. And, and after he said he wouldn't sell any more Tesla stock, which I would think the SEC would be interested in analyzing. You know, I mean, I think there could be some pressure from Tesla shareholders. Again, if I were a Tesla shareholder, I'd be ripped. But, you know, I never understood the Tesla shareholder base in the first place. This is a company that made most of its profits for for the long time selling carbon credits, not making electric cars. I believe it started to make money from selling electric cars. But its valuation has been absurd. Uh, The valuation is still absurd, even though it's lost 60% of its value this year. It's sort of a meme stock. So if, if it's a meme stock and you've got a shareholder base who's buying into the Insanity? Then are they gonna sue him? Are they gonna bring shareholder lawsuits against their deity? You know, I don't see it, but it, you know it could happen. Don't forget, Ben, at the beginning of the pandemic, Elon was worth thirty billion. So he went from thirty billion to two hundred fifty billion of net worth uh, in the two and a half years of the pandemic. Even if he goes back to thirty billion, we're still gonna, you know, that's more than one Steve Schwartzman. We're still gonna think that he's pretty damn rich uh, and we're not going to shed a tear for him uh, you know if shareholders get burned in the meantime at Twitter you know the the 18 or so put up the 7 billion or the shareholders at Tesla Uh, eh, you know they had that coming to them
1: well Bill if your buddy Mark Rowan at Apollo decides to buy this thing out from under Elon I'm going to nominate you to be CEO how about that
0: well I would only do it if Baratunde and I did it together we'd have co-CEOs <laughs> that's, right.
1: that's right co-CEOs Bill thanks as always for coming by